Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to Go. We are the Satellite Sisters. Thanks so much for joining us today. It's Sunday, December 15th. I'm Leanne Dolan here in Pasadena, California. My sister Liz Dolan joining me on the Skype from Santa Monica, California. And Liz, we have some exciting news. We have breaking news, Leanne. It is very unusual on a Sunday morning in the Satellite Sister world to have breaking news. But right before we went on the air, so to speak, on on (laughs) Skype, um, a text came in from Julie Dolan, who we knew was not going to be able to participate in today's show. Um, but we weren't sure exactly what the situation was. Text that just came in uh, seconds ago says, Peter is here. Seven pounds, two ounce. Everyone is A-OK. So for those of you following along at home, Julie's son, Nick, and his wife, Vera, had a baby due, their third child. And Peter was born this morning. That's so, so exciting. That is super exciting. I, you know, I'm really, Peter is an excellent name. Julie's son, Nick, has done a fine job with names. <laughs> yes. They nothing, have, no, nothing, not a tricky name in the bunch, Liz. <laughs> they have three children, Alice, Benjamin, and now Peter. And those because, are all like Beatrix Potter names. That's the <laughs> lovely thing about it. <laughs> now that I think about it, I may get them that Beatrix Potter set. I, I mean, certainly Benjamin and Peter are yes, uh, are yes. Beatrix Potter names. <laughs> and because Nick and his wife Vera actually met in Russia, I, I'm just already calling the baby Peter the Great. Yeah, I don't I don't know if Julie's <laughs> going to like that or Vera being the Russian end to the family, but Peter the Great. So I texted Julie back and said, we are just about to start the show. Are you okay if we announce this? So, yes, I just got approval, Lee. And after I already announced it, she she texted back and said yes. So good. So, Julie, when you're listening, we would have edited it out if you had texted back and said no. And this is the second. Our niece Fiona is also born December 15th. So this is two members of the family. Born December is a very busy month for me as an aunt. Uh, I have uh, four nieces born. Really? In yes, because both my nieces on my husband's side, and then we have Fiona and Megan. Oh, and then Ruthie. So five. Oh right. Oh Ruthie's, right. Ruthie's December. Sheila's daughter is at yeah. the end of the month. Yeah, our brother Brendan is also December, and now we have Peter. So yeah. fantastic, big month. December's okay. a big month for Dolans and their and their offspring. Uh, you know okay, what's well, cute I- about this story is is that Alice and Benjamin started calling the baby Peter just like, well, let's call the baby Peter when the baby was in you know their mommy's tummy, and I thought it was really yes. Oh, I they actually just named the baby Peter. Like seven months ago, as kind of a working title. Yes, exactly, Liz. And <laughs> apparently, would say it's, in my business, <laughs> apparently it's stuck. So that's really sweet. I think they Very can say sweet. they named the baby. I love it. Okay. So I think it's fair to say uh, Nana's taking the rest of the year off. Uh, yes. She's yeah. on duty now. Uh, <laughs> Doing what she can do with one good hand. <laughs> I know. I know. Poor That's Jewel. Part of the reason she was so heartbroken about the broken wrist I is know. that she knew she had Nana duty with a newborn coming up. And Vera's mom, Vera's originally from Kyrgyzstan, so her mom is not going to be here in the short term. So Julie really likes to step in in these situations. So, oh well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she'll step in. She just won't be all that helpful. <laughs> the one, the one-armed Nana. We'll we'll see how that how that program goes. Okay. Well, um, well, so this was like exciting texting back and forth this morning, and it reminded me that we did have a whole social media report this morning, Leanne, because I think we've cracked it, right? Yeah. Like how to how to advance the cause of Satellite Sisters in social media, <laughs> and um, we discovered this. Oh, well, I would say you discovered it, sort of by accident. So I will start the story and then you can pick it up. Okay, right. So last week I was in an airport. I was flying to London and then on somewhere. But as I'm waiting in the airport lounge, this guy walks by and I'm like, 
You know, you're kind of like, where do I know him from? He right. looks so familiar. Do I work with him? Like, what is the, did I go to college with him? No, he's too young for that. And then I realized it was Robert Pattinson of the, of the Twilight series. And if you don't live in a town with a lot of movie stars, you may be questioning how you could have that experience. But it's pretty much always works like that. Because yes. they, right, you think, where do I know him from? Oh, that's right, giant movie star. That's where I know him from. Right. That's why he looks so familiar. <laughs> yeah. It's like I told you the other day, I was standing at uh, valet parking at a hotel in L.A., and it was Peter Dinklage from Game of Thrones standing next to me. So that was just funny. Anyway, so as is my habit, when I see someone like that, I mean, our pats, that's a major sighting. Yes. So I like to text Sheila and you. Just because you're the L.A. sisters, just to let you know, like, you know, the British Airways Lounge, our Pats and me, you know, I assume he's going to London, too. So I texted that to you and then you discovered the key to social media. Well, because I, I you know, I, I like to preserve celebrities privacy a little bit mm-hmm. and Liz's privacy. I also don't like yes. to alert people to your every movement. So I was, it was exciting news that Liz was in the airport lounge and taking a red eye with Robert Pattinson. I mean, that's exciting news, but mm-hmm. I didn't want to post on Facebook. I thought that was too wide open. So I just threw up a tweet. I, I happened to have the computer open. It came in at like nine o'clock at night. I threw up a tweet like, you know, Sister Liz on Red Eye with Robert Pattinson. Think this qualifies as sleeping with a vampire. Okay. So <laughs> that was my tweet. Funny. You know, just sent yes. it out. But and nothing I, about what airline, what yeah, the destination was. Right. That was very thoughtful of you, Lee. Vague and funny, you know. And so, uh, and I got like one favorite from T3 Zoo. You know who you are. And um, and then the next morning, Liz, I had like 140 retweets. And <laughs> that's when I discovered that there are many, many young women throughout the world literally tracking Robert Pattinson's every move because not only was it retweeted in like 12 languages, I got a lot of questions like, what airport? Where were they going? What was his seat number? Is this it? You know, because there were already pictures of him actually at LAX. Uh, they, those which, of were course, our... we're not monitoring him as closely as others are. No. So but we did not know that we were just contributing to the building story. And they were thrilled when I was like, by now you had landed. So I, yes. And the pictures were up. So I thought, well... Is LAX Heathrow, you know, the big Airbus 380. You know, I, I gave some details that were also retweeted. Like this, these, these women, okay, he's in London. Good to know. They would <laughs> turn me back. I mean, honestly, so if you want a tweet to go far, just put Robert Pattinson's name in it. And here's the other thing, Liz, that I didn't realize, because then I had the ability to sort of look at who are these women? What is yeah. happening here? Yeah. And these are not only young women that believe in Robert Pattinson, they believe in Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson. Oh. So they have like entire Twitter feeds devoted to their romance, which is now kaput, but not to these young women. Yeah. <laughs> their yeah. romance is eternal. I mean, they have internalized the book and it's eternal. They have internalized the book. And the one funny tweet I got was then I responded because you you had a similar uh, encounter with Brad Pitt, where you also yeah. slept with Brad, Brad Pitt I did, on a red I did. That was a few years ago. Yes. I slept with Brad Pitt. Yeah. yeah. And so I mentioned that again, funny in a funny way. And the, uh, the, the tweeter tweeted back, um, he was a vampire too. <laughs> Remember? That's true. Maybe that's why these people are on night flights. I said, you have a thing for vampires, Liz. But, uh, so that vampires have a thing for red eyes. Yeah. It was like 1,000 times more interest than I've ever gotten from any single solitary uh, tweet ever. So that's the key. So if you see us just throwing the words Robert Pattinson in, know it's a code. Like, we're... Yeah. Yes, right. And it's your obligation to retweet. You know, you don't necessarily have to retweet us, but when our pad is concerned, it does take it. It gets us a lot of extra mileage. So, Or uh, if you're so- trying to crack your own social media code, that's it. Just for the, do think up a fake Robert Pattinson sighting. Uh, so unbelievable. By the way, we are at Sat Sisters on Twitter, and I am at SS Liz. Leon, what are you? I'm at Leon Dolan. Yeah. So you can follow 
all of us, any of us, whatever you want to do. So, um, okay. So now we're going to use this newfound power in the social media realm to accomplish one more thing by the end of the year. Hmm. And I know we've asked you, the Satellite Sisterhood, for quite a few things in the last few months, voting for us here, showing up there, you know, all kinds of things. So we appreciate your support. So just one last surge in 2013, which is the Stitcher Awards. And Stitcher is our favorite podcast app. We mention it all the time on the show. If you download it to your smartphone or want to listen on your laptop, it's just a super easy way to listen to us. And there are 20,000 shows on Stitcher. And we are very proud that Satellite Sisters is number 78. Yeah. Out of 20,000. Wow. I didn't know there were that many shows. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So to be everyone have a freaking podcast now. (laughs) 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 Yes. Remember, which is why an important part of our identity is podcast pioneers. Right. (laughs) Okay. Okay. We are not these podcast come lately. You know, we might've been one of the very first ever. Uh, So, so yes, the Stitcher is doing awards. We're already, you know, in the seventies, we'd like to crack the top 50, but most of all, we would like to win one of these awards, just win it outright. Um, because What's the category you're picking, Liz? Because I okay. looked at those categories. It wasn't obvious to me. See, they all, they automatically put us in the category that's called health and lifestyle, Leah. Oh, okay. I, and we're number two in that category. Yes. Our yes, show is already number two. Why I think it's winnable. Okay. I think, I think it's winnable. So in the instructions I put on our Facebook group, I said, please vote for us for best overall show. Though we understand that is a long shot. Because <laughs> here's the thing about these so-called podcasts, Liam. Yeah. You know, more than half of them are just NPR shows right. that are put up as podcasts. So I, I just – I take all of them out of my internal math. You know, I think really if you took out all these things that are really radio shows and they just post them as podcasts and we're left with the true podcasts, we might be in the top – we'd certainly be in the top 25. We might even be in the top 10 as <laughs> – Things, okay, I, I know I'm in marketing, yeah. this is my job, but you know, <laughs> things that originate as a podcast people, we are one of the best established out there, but um, we just need a little recognition for that. It would help us with our sponsors. So that's why I said, vote for us and best overall, total long shot, because I'm sure either Adam Carolla or somebody at NPR will win that. Right. Um, this but American the- Life. Yeah, like they, like, like they need more accolades, but yes. okay, it's a yes. fine show though. I'm not saying that. <laughs> it is fine. <laughs> they it. did a show yesterday on behind the scenes at a car dealership that oh. was fascinating. If you've ever bought a car or think about buying a car, it was just really an amazing piece of radio. Anyway, so good for them, but they don't need any more awards, and they're certainly not in the health and lifestyle category. <laughs> we don't even know why we're in the health and lifestyle category, but that's where they put us so we can win it. So it's very easy. You'll see it posted at our Facebook group. You go, you click on it. It, it does happen within the Facebook Connect um, system, but you don't have to share it. It doesn't have to be public, but it is a daily voting thing between now and Christmas Eve. So, and it's not clear if you're sort of nominating and voting at yeah. the same time. It looks like right. I'm on it right now. Cause someone asked that question. Are we nominating or voting? I, don't I know. think this is the nominating process. <laughs> okay. Doesn't it say somewhere that nominations close December 24th? It does Liz. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I thought that's where we are. So it's like those other podcast awards where, we got ourselves, well, really, the listeners, you got us nominated. Right. And we then now the voting is going on, and we don't know how the voting will turn out. But I, I will be there because I just bought my tickets. I'm, I, am, I am ready to go to that podcast award show. And good news, people, this black sequin pants fit. So <laughs> that's what I am wearing. I don't care. I don't care if I'm the most overdressed person at the podcast awards. Well, it's Vegas, Liam. It is impossible to overdress. That's what I thought, Liz. Las Vegas. (laughs) That's what I thought. Yeah. So, but you win podcast awards just for the glory. Yeah. With the Stitcher Awards, not that there's a money prize, but Stitcher actually has sponsors associated (laughs) with the app, which is why we love Stitcher so much. Uh, so anyway, do what you can. We really appreciate any time you have between now and December 24th to just, you know, in those two categories, go for it. Um, and then one last thing, as long as we're talking about social media and tech issues. In last week's discussion of how 
my brain can no longer take in any new passwords, that it's just full. And yeah. uh, now I'm starting to forget, to forget the passwords that I have because, you know, think of how many different passwords you have. Oh, it's awful. Right. So there was a lot of sympathy in the Facebook group about that and some suggestions, which I really appreciate for various apps that can do that. But Mary, who writes to us all the time and actually teaches computer science, computer technology, computer stuff, um, Mary said she is going to take my problem as a brief for her computer security class they're going to work on this my case history so thank you mary that makes me very excited so i just wanted to give you a little more detail mary on what i actually want as long as you've got the team who's going to solve my problem the problem is not just the computer passwords that's a big problem right there all the various logins on computers it goes to the next level of all of your service providers right so it's time warner cable it is Amazon. It is um, everything else I pay online, everything else I buy online. My goal, Mary, is one computer password that works for everything, okay? <laughs> everything, everything, everything. And to take it one step more specific, I would like that password to be L-I-Z-D-O-L-A-N. <laughs> <laughs> So whatever you have to do on the back end, as they say, to make the front end, I would just like my name to be my password wherever I need a password. And there's got to be a way to figure this out. So I'm putting that in your hands. Now, when you do figure this out, whatever money you make from solving this giant problem, it's all yours, Mary. <laughs> it's all, like we are not going to take it. Satellite Sisters will not take a percentage of this because you will have solved one of the major life issues. I know I'm going to face for like, if it's this bad when I'm in my fifties, right? I can only imagine 20 years from now, how lost I'm going to be. Right. Yeah. No, you're so, right. And again, how many more passwords? Like there, there will be untold number of passwords yes, in the yes. future. So <laughs> this is what you just have to simplify it down to. I think that's when we go to the chip in your forehead, Liz. I think yes. that's you just like, you know, you just walk around with your password embedded in your body is what I'm going for. Well, Monica's <laughs> solution, which she discussed last week, and she said she swore she had actually read this in a scientific journal, though it seems a little hard to believe. But she is a she is a quasi medical. No, she's yes. a medical person, quasi scientist. Yes. She said there will be something that you ingest that actually, I don't know, somehow gets into your bloodstream. I can't remember the word, but I thought the word was going to be like inject like a dog chip or like. Right. Yeah. No, she said ingest. So you're going to swallow something. Hmm. And I wasn't sure how that would stay in your body, but whatever. So, um, so Mary, good luck. It's the work you do is very important. <laughs> just wanted you to know that. Um, yeah, Mary actually not she's a frequent contributor with excellent ideas. I have to say, so excellent. That I think you have the right person on the test, Liz. Mm -hmm. and, and speaking of the right person on the test, there's some exciting CEO news this week. Well, first of all. There was one piece of CEO news that I completely misunderstood, all right? You know how there's been that controversy over the Lululemon CEO? He's like an unpleasant guy that keeps making terrible comments about women yes. and selling really weird products. and you Blaming know. women because his yoga pants are transparent. Right, yeah. And like, you know, introducing a whole line of products based on Ayn Rand and things like that. Just kind of an odd guy to be running what's supposed to be like a feel-good women company called Lululemon. Uh, so they ousted him this week. And I just read in the paper the name of the new CEO. I read it as Lauren Potdevin. And I thought, well, good. They put a woman in charge. She came from Tom's shoes. That's fantastic. I'll have to talk to Liz about this. It's about time. You know, a woman's fitness company. She kind of have. I know they sell men's clothes, but really, men yeah, don't buy no. Lululemon. So, uh, and uh, and so then I just went to do some fact-checking this morning, Liz, and apparently it's not Lauren Potdevin. It's Laurent Potdevin, <laughs> and he is French, and he is a man. So... Oh, well. <laughs> I don't know where that's going to get Lululemon. I don't buy the clothes because they're over-designed and have too many seams. But uh, uh, other than that. Yeah, but too, too many seams. Interesting. Too many. Well, you know, so over-designed. What is all yeah. that stuff they have? 
in, in them. Why are they so complicated? Mm-hmm. You know, a lot okay. of seams, Liz, a lot of seams. <laughs> so, um, and- I guess that's supposed to make it more fitted, Leon, but you know, some bodies don't really respond well to being closely fitted. Yes, like, or seamed. Like mine. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the guy did have a point of view. Uh, he had a point when he was <laughs> talking about the pants and women's thighs. But yeah. it's not something you should say. But the really great CEO news this week was Mary Barra uh, a, being named the first female CEO of General Motors, which is you know, the first CEO of a major car company. And she has a fantastic personal story, Liz, doesn't she? I know. She does. It is amazing. She has been a GM her entire career. But before that, her father was like a tool and die maker. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, she grew up practically on the factory floor knowing how to make cars and make pieces of cars. So she's, it's like she's been training for this job her whole life. And when you look at her career path, like they've given her every opportunity to understand every part of the company, which is what I was really impressed about. Like at one point she was running HR and then another point she's running product design. And that's what it kind of takes to run a big, complicated uh, company like that. But it's very rare that women get those kinds of developmental opportunities across the entire spectrum of what a big corporation does. You know, you go into HR and you get stuck there for the rest of your career in a lot of cases. Yeah. So anyway, not only do I love her story, I just love her personality. Right. She just seemed like such a nice person. Just she's just a nice girl from the Midwest who'd made good. Good for her. And you know, the other thing, um, I heard an interview with the guy who had interviewed her for um the Stanford alumni magazine. I guess uh, GM sent her to Stanford to get her MBA at some point in her career. So, um, and he was a reporter from the Washington Post, and he said she really loves cars. Like first yeah. and foremost, she loves cars. Like she, you know, her first car, she wanted the Camaro, but her parents didn't trust her, so she got a Chevette, which, <laughs> which in other words, not a Camaro. <laughs> But it made me think that she must have had bosses all along that really believed in her. And you've always said that, that it doesn't really matter if you have a male boss or a female boss. It's just as long as you have a boss that believes in you. Right, right. And it even doesn't matter what you do sometimes. So, like, that was my point about all the different opportunities she was given across a breadth of operations in the company. That is really important if you want to make it to the top. You're not going to make it to the top only ever having done one thing. So they invested in her education. They invested in her professional development. And you know what? That's how guys get ahead too. This is not some <laughs> right. This is not some special equal opportunity thing for women. This has always been how men get ahead. So good for her. I like that she she worked for the kind of people that invested in her, and she obviously made the most of every opportunity she was ever given. Yeah, it's exciting. So we'll be keeping an eye on her, but I think it's fantastic regardless, right? You just you I gotta gotta say, keep moving kind ahead. Of made me, it kind of made me want to buy a General Motors car. I know, Liz. Had, I know. It had that kind of emotional impact on me. Yeah, I feel like, the same way. I, I know. I don't. I can never remember what they make. So, <laughs> well, because that's not the brand. You know, it's not like a Ford. Yeah. You know, it's, it's the right. overall company. So uh, I got to look that up. Yeah. <laughs> I got to look that up. So we're going to be in a big GMC truck land. Yeah, no, I know that's, (laughs) and I know I don't, a Camaro is not really my thing. No, no. (laughs) So, um, yeah, but no, good for them. That's great. That's great. Uh, okay. Where were we going next? Oh, we're going to uh, North Korea next. Yeah. Now, because Julie is absent, um, you know, our North Korean correspondent, uh, would obviously have something to say about what went on in North Korea this week. Uh, many of you posted this in the Facebook group, the story about Kim Jong-un executing his uncle. So, you know, Julie's been on the ground there. She has told us many times on Satellite Sisters that it's just a very um, – hard culture to understand because they are still at war. Everything is a secret. People are starving. Nobody knows what's going on behind the scenes. And so I remember even when Kim Jong-un became the boss there, when his father died, Julie was like, well, this is a kid who was kept secret most of his life. He's really young. So this, you don't have to be a CIA analyst to know this is not a good development when they start executing people within the inner circle in like uh, an hour and a half. Yeah. I mean, it was yeah, like... The trial and the execution. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Well, you know what struck me is, of course, my friend's father-in-law, Merrill Newman, was released last weekend. And all I thought, could think of was, holy cow, I am so glad he got out of that country before they started shooting people. Right. This is the 85 It's amazing year- that you know him. I know. That you know her. And I know. Because this is another, like, just... And uh, another story that reinforces everything Julie's always said about what the culture is really like. Right. So this uh, this is my friend, Ryan, uh, a, a dear friend of mine here. She called me like six weeks ago and said, you are not going to believe what just happened. My father-in-law is a vet, went to North Korea, and they won't let him come home. Um, she said, but you can't tell anyone because we're working, you know, behind the scenes with the State Department uh, to try to get him out. And so um, – and then – you know, they heard nothing. They heard nothing. But he was finally released last week through the work of the Swedish ambassador. And he got on that first plane out of Beijing. And they landed last weekend in San Francisco. And um, so my friend Ryan did fly up there with her whole family. Uh, and we had already dis- <laughs> discussed her meet the plane outfit. We had, <laughs> we had covered well, that's that. that's a media moment you yeah. have to make the most of. Yeah. And we had covered that on our frequent walks. We walk every weekend. And so we had covered getting a red coat that'll look good on camera uh but i mean what are you gonna do i mean yeah. just but it all happened it all unraveled unraveled so quickly liz she didn't even have time to get the red coat or oh. she said get her hair blown out but they were just so happy she flew up there with her family he got off the plane she wore a really great blue scarf uh, i gave her credit for that you can see her in the background of all the photos um and then they whisked him off to where he had been living in a senior housing establishment. Can you imagine, like, how what a star he is in that senior housing establishment? <laughs> I mean, Meryl's back from vacation my, in North Korea. My gosh. Like, talk about the biggest thing to ever happen at <laughs> ye oldie folks' home. I mean, just <laughs> unbelievable. But they also have a house in another, uh, just a smaller beach house. So they went there to decompress. And so Ryan was able to talk to him before he talked to the press this week. And she said he just completely underestimated, like, how much they, they hated Americans yeah. and how they felt they were still at war. And he had had a role in the Korean War. He had trained rebels against the North Korean government. And uh, he thought it might be nice to look those guys up. And that yeah. was the tip-off. He should not have said that. And then they, uh, you know, gave him that apology to say, where his confession slash apology, where he purposely, like, left in all of the um, the the gr- grammatical mistakes. He said so people would know it wasn't him. He said if I fixed it, they might think I actually wrote it. But I knew the people who knew me know I would never make grammatical mistakes. But she said they interviewed him every other day, like for hours and hours and hours at a time. And it was like, first it was on the Korean War, and then that stopped. Like at two weeks solid, then that stopped. Then it was on like, what's on your Kindle, and then that stopped. And then it was on his trip, and then that stopped. So, What did um, they think an 85-year-old guy living in an old folks' home could tell them that would be important? You know, I don't know the answer to that question, but just the fact that he had come back, they found that suspicious. So, uh, and, and they, they considered him still like an active threat. You know, Julie mentioned, if you go back and listen to that podcast, which I did right after Ryan's uh, father-in-law was taken, I was like, wow, she nailed it. Think that is bad that he's in that. He was in the same hotel she was in. Remember the scary hotel? Right. Right. And he had a a nurse, a minder with him all day long. He just had to sit in that room. They did walk him around outside and then bring him back because they didn't want him to die. She said they really, they, she said they had a doctor look at him every day and they had some sort of medical professional allegedly take his blood pressure three times a day. So you can only imagine what that blood pressure machine looked like. But, um, and then they did give him his Kindle, Liz, um, as the only reading material he had, but he hadn't, it was relatively new and he hadn't downloaded a lot of books. And one of the things that was on there though, was the orphan master's son. So uh-huh. that was very suspicious to them. That's a book about North Korea. So uh-huh. that was a red flag. So they asked him over and over and over again about that. Uh, but the one thing he was able to do was read the Kindle manual four times. So he's <laughs> <laughs> really, yes. He said he was so bored, so he just kept reading the Kindle manual. So he could possibly go work at the help desk at Kindle. I don't know. Uh, so, um, 
but yeah, I mean, and I know there are some there are some um, journalists interested in his story, and I, I think it's an interesting story because let's face it, no one knows anything about the Korean War, right? Like, right. I mean, really. So just reading about his role and training the rebels, and at one point he was like the only American on an island with North Koreans, you know, training them. It was fascinating to read what came out during his captivity. So. Uh, but he's, you know, fine and fit and healthy. And it was just an unbelievable, you know, set of circumstances. And certainly after this week, thank goodness he is home. I know. I mean, thank you goodness. Imagine if you were his wife or your friend Ryan or the rest of the family right. and they had started executing people. I mean, it sounds yeah. like a real old fashioned purge is about to start. Right. 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 And, uh, so then you wouldn't have anyone that could actually make a decision about letting him go free. Even right. If you weren't worried about him getting shot. Right. Um, okay. Well, I'm very happy that Meryl Newman is home. So I am transferring all of my concern about that to Nicholas Brody, who, if you um, are a Homeland watcher, you know, tonight <laughs> is the season finale. <laughs> And last week's episode, what the farfic nougat is all I can say about, like, the final moments of last week's episode. How is Carrie going to Argo him out of there? I, I just, like, so, you know, I, really, Leon, I don't know if you... I, I don't get Showtime. It is the one channel oh. I do not get. And I know, I know I can get this on DVD. We just haven't committed yet. But I'm sure we will someday. Okay. I'm sure right. we will. Well, it's, you know, I don't need to say anymore. It's, it's for those of you who are watching along in real time, you know that, wow, yeah. tonight, well, yeah. tonight well, is a major night. Well, is it our house? We'll be watching Psych the Musical. So... <laughs> <laughs> I heard them on the radio promoting that. They yeah. were on with Kevin and Bean the other day talking yeah. about that. It sounded hilarious. The show's hilarious. I mean, it's you I think you would not turn it on unless you had teenage boys in the house. You know, uh -huh. because because that's who loves it. But once you start to watch it, it's hilarious. So we are pretty psyched about we're gonna rush through decorating the Christmas tree to watch Psych the Musical tonight. <laughs> We've really been waiting for this. <laughs> well they were a little worried about the mixed reaction to the sound of music. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, by the way, FYI, just Googled General Motors and uh, the brands they make are Chevrolet, GMC, Cadillac, Liz, that little brand called Cadillac and Buick, which yeah. I think you should look at that Buick Encore if you're so inclined. Oh, you really loved that. I LA really like that right? car. And Monica looked at it and she liked it too. So there you okay. go. Uh, they also make Opal, which I believe is only uh, available in Europe. In Europe. So, yeah. um, but there you go. In, just okay. in case. All right. We're moving on from North Korea to snacking news, <laughs> Liz. Well, it's the holiday season, Lee, and there's a lot of snacking in, to be done. So it's good for us to have snacking strategies in place. Okay. Here we go. So this is from this week's Well column in the New York Times, which can I just say, speaking of Brody, Jane E. Brody, she's a wealth of information on <laughs> snacking, eating, wellness. It is worth the New York Times digital subscription just to get her column every every week. And that every single day they have something interesting there uh, in snacking news. But um, for some reason it's not bringing it up. All right. I'm just going to go run through this quickly. Liz, the key to snacking is nuts. Really? I, I know we have heard this before. Dr. Oz was on Satellite Sisters right. five years ago talking about nuts. And nuts, nuts, nuts. And I... I was on the fence about nuts. I love a nut, Liz. Who doesn't love a nut, you know? Mm -hmm. But they are so caloric and so full yes. of fat. So Very calorically dense. Right. And you can't have, like, count out five nuts. Enjoy that as your afternoon snack. You know, you see that sometimes. And I so I, Doctor, Dr. Oz can do that, but look at him. He's like a <laughs> pillar of discipline. So, um, but here... New new evidence, Liz, new studies out from two or three different sources, including the, the big nurses, the Boston nurses study. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. Even if you eat a lot of nuts, if you eat nuts, you are thinner than people that don't eat nuts. That's just it. That's the bottom line. You really? You know, Liz. Yeah. Yeah. That's just like you probably eat more nuts 
then you might maybe should, but then you are probably reducing in other areas. So it balances out. So do not quote me and go out and eat a bag of nuts this afternoon, Liz. I don't want you to eat a pound of almonds, although I could. That's the problem. But I just said, so I can just eat the macadamia nuts out of the white chocolate macadamia nut cookies. You yes, no, I, that sounds a little risky, Liz. Uh, <laughs> but here you go. Those who ate nuts seven or more times a week, okay, that's a lot of nuts. Uh, we're twenty percent less likely to die. From 1980 to 2010, not only does it help you lose weight, it just it makes you, you healthy. Die. It makes you it makes you healthier in so many other categories. It's like it, you see uh, rates lower in heart disease, cancer, respiratory disease, and Liz, I, this isn't your problem, but also um, erectile dysfunction. So. <laughs> Okay, so nuts for everybody, apparently. Yeah, yeah, nuts for everybody, Liz. So I think that's good news in the Christmas season because there are a lot of nuts around. And uh, you know that old weight loss trick where you're not supposed to stand near the buffet table. But go ahead and stand near the nut bowl. Go for it. There was actually a news story this week about the nut bowl in Buckingham Palace. Did you hear that at all? No. Here was the story, that the queen wanted bowls of nuts put all around Buckingham Palace. And, but then she got, <laughs> really, but then she got perturbed that the guards were eating too many of the nuts. Like the people standing around in the rooms were actually snacking on the nuts, yeah. which was not her intention. And so according to this story, she went around and drew lines on the bowls to see like, were they, were the nuts being depleted by the staff? Um, because she did not approve. Really? Now, the reason it stuck in my head is because I was skeptical that that's really how Queen Elizabeth is spending her time. <laughs> um, so it wouldn't totally shock me. Yeah. Anyway, oh, but she's obviously a nut believer. So yeah. good for her. Well, All right. Well, snacking your way to better health. Nuts. Just go for it. That's all I have to say. It's funny that you mentioned that, Liam, because yesterday I learned a new, I, I'll just call it mind-blowing weight loss strategy that I want to share with everyone. This could completely turn it around for me um, as to turning weight loss into more of a creative exercise, you know, because it does get a little boring, you know, it's, it's not, it's just one of those things you hate even thinking about. Right. So this is a new, like a mind blowing weight loss strategy I learned yesterday. As you know, the, I'm part of a regular weight loss group at UCLA, and I've had some – over the years, I've had some good years and some bad years. Let's just call 2013 a bad year. And <laughs> 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 our recap of In 2013. Year, like I had a really solid 2008, 2009, <laughs> but it's one of those things where the whole deal is you like stay engaged, not like – not like Weight Watchers where, like, once you get to your goal weight, you drift away. This is your – so I've literally been going almost every week for, like, five years. And uh, and it's run by the nutrition department at UCLA. And so, um, as I say, 2013, not my best year. So – but once a month, you actually, like, talk to the doctor and they look at your blood tests and they talk to you about your strategies and blah, 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 blah. And so I'm talking to the doctor yesterday and, you know, any – advice you get about maintaining weight loss over a long period of time, they tell you what? They tell you to write Write down down. everything you eat, right? Write it down. Yep. Like just write it down. So in one thing that is the same in me between the good years and the bad years is that I have never, ever, ever been able to write it down. (laughs) I just cannot. That's just one tactic. I just, it just seemed so boring. And I just didn't want to do it. And it totally shakes you out of any denial that you're in, which is why they want you to do it, but why it's so awful to do. So I've really been resisting this writing it down. But in the past two weeks, you know, I thought, okay, this is how desperate I am now. I'm actually going to start doing this. So this is what I was talking to the doctor about yesterday. And he said this to me, which just blew my mind. He said, you know, it's especially now a tough time of year. And I know it's hard to write down everything you ate and it does get boring and tedious and you don't want to think about it. But he said, you might also try writing down the things you passed up. Give yourself credit for the things you didn't eat. 
because a lot of food is going to go by you in the next month and you're going to have to resist most of it. And if your journal also includes things that you're giving yourself credit for not eating. Oh, that's isn't fantastic. That a, isn't that a genius yes. strategy? <laughs> so this was Saturday morning. I was having this conversation with him and it took me back Friday night. I was at a holiday party. One of the past hors d'oeuvres at the holiday party, which is so trendy now, you know, grilled cheese has gotten so trendy. Yeah. So the mini grilled cheese with the tomato soup shooter. And so you dip the grilled cheese into the tomato soup. You eat that. Then you drink the rest of the tomato soup. And it came back to me like five times and I resisted every time. Liz, that's hard. That is hard, right? Yeah. So here's what the doctor was saying yesterday. He's like, give yourself credit for that. (laughs) You should feel good about that. Instead of just putting like the, you know, the carrots and lettuce that you had uh, (laughs) on the piece of paper, also have a whole column of things you didn't eat. (laughs) You know, and it's almost as if by writing it down, you did eat them. Yes, yes. (laughs) It gives you the satisfaction. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I mean. It's just engaging you at a whole different creative level. Like he said, you don't want to spend too much time fantasizing about the food you're not eating. But he said, just to give yourself other points for calories you could have taken in but chose not to, he said, I would give that a go. So I pass that along as a holiday tip. The negative food journal. The, the, like, the cal- give yourself credit for all of the calories you did not ingest. And I think you're going to feel better about yourself. That's a good, that's a good tip. That's a very good tip. Yeah. 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 Well, last night we were at a holiday party too. First of all, the party started at seven 30 and that to us, you might as well say midnight. I mean, (laughs) I I kept asking Barry. I was like seven 30. Are you sure? Yeah, because when it's dark by five, you yeah. just want to get the evening going. Yeah, and when you know he wakes up at four thirty, because it doesn't matter if it's the weekend. So by five, he's like, "I think we should go out and go Christmas shopping so we don't fall asleep on the couch." I was like, "Okay, good idea." So, but I did do that like mistake position myself next to the buffet table. Fortunately, though, I was right next to the tuna sushi, so that oh. seemed relatively low calorie. Yeah. Yeah. And I was not at the end with the brownies and the lemon bars. So anyway, <laughs> but we managed to stay awake till 730. That was the miracle of that. Well, you can give yourself credit in your negative food journal for the brownies and lemon bars. Okay. <laughs> so that's what you should think about now okay. is the things that you, that were at the opposite end of the table that you just. That totally I didn't need. Avoid. That I didn't yeah. need. Mm, good one, Liz. Um, well, I went out last night. The I did do some Christmas shopping during the day yesterday because uh, I realized, like, wow, it's, it's the middle of December. I know. I, you know, the, for anyone I'm physically seeing on Christmas, I better get going. I haven't really nailed down your gift yet. so. Um, but we're but, not seeing each other, right? Uh, yeah, right. That's why I, <laughs> I'm, I'm not getting home. you again. <laughs> yeah, I haven't nailed yours down either. <laughs> No, I guess we could see each other at some point after, yeah, no, whatever. Okay. No, I got your invitation for the mashed potato bar yep. on Christmas Day, yep. but yep. I will be in Bend, Oregon on okay. Christmas Day. I will be with our sister Monica and our brother Dick and niece Fiona Leo, sister-in-law Susan, uh, in Bend, Oregon. Um, but so at the end of my errands and things yesterday, I went to, I wanted to see right now at the LA County Museum of Art, which is called LACMA, there is a show on about Alexander Calder. And I just have always loved Calder. Yes. You know, those Calder mobiles. It just, it is enjoyable. It is like art that makes you happy just to look at a mobile moving in the, um, in the air. And so I thought, okay, you know, LACMA is kind of a fun place. I'll just, I'll take a pass by there on my way home. So I went and if you've been to our Facebook group in the last 24 hours, you will see what I bumped into when I got there because here I was thinking I was just going to a little, little art museum, uh, event when, what to my wondering I should appear, but like 500 Santas drinking beer. And if you've heard, <laughs> if you've heard of SantaCon, um, that's what was happening last night at LACMA. If you haven't heard from, of SantaCon, I am going to explain. So it's become this annual thing where people get dressed up as Santa 
and they all go out together. It is a pub crawl, apparently. I didn't know that. I knew it was like a flash mob thing, but I didn't know that it had evolved into a major pub crawl. So I guess what I was seeing last night at LACMA was one of the many stops that the L.A. SantaCon was making last night. Um, but apparently, so I Googled around on this today. The first SantaCon took place in 1994 in San Francisco, but now it's gone global with events coast to coast and in 44 countries. So the biggest event is New York City, where they have 30,000 Santas <laughs> participating. So it just, it makes you smile when you see it happening in front of you, because you just, you kind of walk into this open plaza and there's like 500 Santas standing there. And, <laughs> How can that not make you smile? Plus, it's like Santa's for the people for whom Santa Claus outfits for the people for whom a month of Halloween is just not enough. <laughs> so you have your Rasta Santas and you have your zombie Santas. And, of course, you have your sexy Santas. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, Anyone... I will. <laughs> this is the first time I've heard of this, Liz. Okay. Well, get on it. It's a thing. Okay. It is a it is a major thing. Yeah, it's so sexy Santas. Of course, if you are a sexy nurse in October, you are a sexy Santa in December. Um, but so they're all like just Santas of every size and shape and color. And some people have electric lights wrapped completely around them. Others have like paper mache reindeer that they're wheeling along. One guy actually had his own fireplace with him like on a rolling luggage cart like he had made a paper mache <laughs> fireplace so and and they're just going from event to event around the city apparently it's an all-day thing and so in some cities like in new york if you read about it people are starting to complain that it's just become like a drunken debacle oh. and so when you see like dozens of santas vomiting together it could really spoil christmas for young children it's just not you wouldn't want your child that is not what i experienced last night i experienced last night like because it's la also every people are outside on this plaza and they're laughing and everybody who's not a santa like me is taking pictures of the santas and they're enjoying having their pictures taken i did get one photo that's on the satellite sisters facebook group of uh 12 santa smoking they were all (laughs) They were off in a corner, in the smoking corner. Um, oh, anyway. here's I'm on that. I, I went to our Facebook page, and now I'm looking at the SantaCon 2013 Facebook page. And all this, I, there's a great shot of all the Santas coming down Lombard Street. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. Very clever. A lot of, yeah. And then so, there are some drunk Santas. I see yeah. now how this has deteriorated to drunk yeah. Santas. Yeah. Yeah. But um, they have their own – it's all very – it's sort of like um, a secret society where nobody cops to being in charge of it, right? Oh, okay. It's sort of an Occupy Santa. Let's call it that. (laughs) Occupy Santa. With with many of the same values. So according to one of the stories that I read – the official policy is that when you get asked, like, who's in charge or who organized this, the only answer you're allowed to give is Santa. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then you have to go and register. If you're on their website, you'll see you have to, like, join. And only once you've joined do they tell you what the date and the route is. So I guess in most cities it was last night. Obviously, in L.A. it was last night. But uh, And they have their own official songbooks, and they – You know, they have some their own holiday themed drinking songs, clearly. Um, Anyway, I uh, I bumped into them and I had a lot of fun bumping into them. So uh, there you have it. I wanted to um, I also wanted to report that it's already being commercialized. So if you go to like the party store dot com or one of those places, you can buy your your costumes, um, what they call getting a North Pole makeover, Leanne. It's been turned into a business, but. Sorry to report that if you wanted to order the elf hoodie, mm. sold out. Oh. Back order. Back order. That and the furry elf glovelets also on back order. So uh, if you want to plan for next year, um, now would be the time to start ordering um, your stuff. Liz, so- sounds like you're planning for next year. That's all I can say. <laughs> I think intersecting with them in an unexpected way mm-hmm. was the fun for me. Right. Because it was just so... 
it was so unexpected and they were enjoying themselves and it wasn't late enough. It was only like seven o'clock at this point though. I don't know. Some of them probably. That seems late to me. (laughs) (laughs) Seven (laughs) o'clock. And in LA, because the distances are a little bit bigger than they would be in a city like New York, where right. people really walk from pub to pub. You could buy a sleigh pass, which got you on the special SantaCon bus. Oh, that's safe. I like yeah, to hear to that. To take you from place that's to good. Place. A designated, designated reindeer, yes. so to speak. <laughs> anyway, so it was a fun night. Glad you had a good party. So did I. All right. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun, and we were home early. <laughs> Okay, I'll make one more confession then. So I wasn't out that late either, and I got home, but all the Santas kind of put me in a Christmassy mood. Yeah. So so last night I I made myself dinner, and it was late. It was like 9 o'clock, and I made myself dinner, and then I sat alone and watched Love Actually. Oh, good. (laughs) Which is a very nice Christmas movie. It is a good Christmas film. You know, Christmas rom-com. Sure. uh, That's a a feel-good movie. It is. Yeah. No. People love it, Liz. People love Love Actually. And it's on every day. So (laughs) it's it's on every day, almost all day, somewhere. It's on Netflix, too. If you have Netflix, it's just sitting there waiting for you. Uh, Well, I think we need to kind of wrap. But I guess... uh, I guess we'll do a show next week. Are you driving yeah. to Ben next weekend? Oh, next Sunday. Yeah, I'm yeah. driving to Oregon okay. next Sunday. But we'll, well, we'll figure, figure out. something Maybe we can do out something on Saturday. And Nana's, Perfect. yeah, Nana's busy. But uh, yeah. so somebody from Dallas called me while we were recording, Leanne. So I suspect if I got a call from the two one four, that that might have been Julie. Yeah. But um, I yeah. will report back if that was the case. Yeah. So I guess she's out for Tuesday's show. But you know, if you haven't listened to the interview I did with Ian Punnett. Uh, I posted that on Tuesday. Uh, that's a nice holiday interview. So I so enjoyed it is. talking. I really enjoyed listening to that. And we've gotten a lot of nice compliments. I forwarded the, them all on to uh, Deacon Punnett, as he's known on Twitter. But Ian is a longtime radio host and colleague of ours who um, was diagnosed with tinnitus, ringing in his ears like three years ago and literally had to give up working on the radio, even though he worked like 24 hours a day, seven days a week on the radio between coast to coast in his morning show on FM 107. But he's written a really interesting book about prayer and anger called how to pray when you're pissed at God. And I thought he had some really good things to say in this holiday season. So uh, if Julie and I aren't back this week, which it sounds like we won't be, you can give another listen to Deacon Punnett. Uh, I'll be back with the Chaos Chronicles and we'll figure out our satellite sister schedule for the next couple of days, a couple of weeks, actually. All right. What are you doing today, Liz? Busy? Um, well, I desperately need a haircut. Yeah. And uh, so I'm doing that. And then I'm actually going to a party tonight that is for the um, the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation. Oh, good. The, you know, our former boss at ABC Radio, John McConnell, while we were working for John at ABC, he had a terrible bike accident and broke his neck. Lee, and I know you yeah. remember that. And it, miraculously, he recovered 100%. But that is so rare in the kind of accident that he had that right right then he got involved in the Christopher Reeve Foundation. And so for these many years, he's been doing a lot of work for them. So they have a fundraiser tonight in Los Angeles, and he invited me to go to that. So I'm looking forward to seeing John and um, going to that going to that little party no oh, that sounds fantastic well we're gonna trim our tree and have some fondue and and watch like the musical <laughs> that'll be equally as worthwhile <laughs> okay ho 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 have a good week all right you too liz and don't forget call your satellite sister <laughs>